Oh, it's good to be back. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the 40-yard line podcast. And I, honest to God, have, I've missed saying those words. I know. It's, it's been a while since for the welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> and... Boy, do we have updates for y'all. We do have updates. Boy, do we have updates for y'all. Boy, we got a lot to jump into before we jump into our That's actually true, yeah. Sports. Uh, I guess we'll kind of start from the beginning. We'll play off one another, and then we'll kind of jump in. I'll jump into the summer thing, yeah. and we can both regroup, recap, and then we'll go back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> so, as you guys know, the 40, uh, we really haven't dropped too much since April. Uh, we did have a little bit of content uh, that we were recording. It wasn't our best work. And there just ended up being uh, some things going on in our personal lives and also just ended up being a little bit of a slow, slow sports year. Because, you know, with the exception of like the semifinals, it wasn't that great of an NBA season to finish out. But things kind of slowed down for us. So we decided that we were just going to take a break uh, for the summer. We were going to regroup, come back, figure out what we wanted for our identity. And we were going to be back and better than ever doing what we had to do. Of course. Now we're regrouping over the summer, uh, quite a summer for us. <laughs> the lads were on tour. The lads were on tour. Evan's first summer in Austin was very fun. It's a great time. It's a great time. It's a great time. My second summer in Austin, uh, grew up, stopped using diapers, yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge accomplishment for you. Huge accomplishment. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we regrouped in the summer. We got some not great feedback from some things that we were trying to reach out to, from some other things we were trying to become associated with. And, you know, we were at a little bit of a standstill. I uh, get come across this opportunity, meet this guy, you know. Uh, I talk to him. Uh, we, we work out really well. Turns out we're doing really well. And I talk to him about, you know, forming mayhaps a partnership uh, with the 40-yard line. So Evan and I go out to dinner one day with this guy named Adi, this guy named Himanchu. And it ends up being more than a partnership, but an opportunity for both of us to expand what we do. So, by the time you have heard this, you will have already seen it on our Instagram, uh, because it will get posted tonight. But uh, I am very, very proud to say that the 40-Yard Line is no longer an independent podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> the 40-Yard Line podcast has been acquired by Populous Company, or Populous Company, or Populous Fantasy Basketball, the number one fantasy basketball app for the NBA season. All NBA fans should use it. It is a great, great time. That was a natural ad. Yes, it was. Yeah. But the 40-yard line has been acquired by them. We are now under the umbrella of the 512 Sports Show, but it is the same 40. It is just me and Evan. But hopefully, there will be more guest some people guests, coming on. Yeah. We're trying to get like we're trying to talk to get some people with Oklahoma right now. Trying to get mm-hmm. some Oklahoma people on for the show for OU. There's a lot of change happening with the 40, but. I can fundamentally say I think it's only for the better. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. The people at Populous are some great people. They know their stuff. They really do. And, I mean, JC can attest he's been doing a lot of work over the summer and, and working with that, trying to get the 40 and the other shows for them running. And it's it's a good product we got going on. I, I'm just excited. It's great. And we have a lot of stuff coming out that we're really excited about. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I actually looked at it today just because I wanted to check. Uh this Saturday marks the one-year anniversary of our first episode. That makes sense. I was I was gonna ask you before I forgot to. I was I was checking. I was like going through some of our data data, and it's uh, you know, to come as far as we have in a year. Uh, I'm fundamentally proud to come overcome the challenges, to uh, 
end up taking on other opportunities with a less qualified podcast uh, that I'm not going to mention. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm still employed by them. Yeah, but like not the podcast. Yeah, part, yeah, I know. So I, know. I can say that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the news is good, but <laughs> yeah, specifically the sports, but everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get hit with a lawsuit. Yeah, desist, but regardless, to come where we've come, uh, to see the growth of ourselves, not only as podcasters, but as college students, as adults, has been something that's really been remarkable for me. I say that as I'm playing with my foot uh, and Birkenstocks. <laughs> There's been a lot. And so I think before we jump into our episode, uh, first off first, um, to everyone who's been with us for this last year of our life, uh, to everyone who's listened to all of our episodes, to all of our friends, to our moms and dads, to our friends from Washington and the DMV. Yes, 202. To the no one I talked to in San Antonio, so just my parents. Uh, <laughs> to everyone that's been here with us through everything, uh, you know, Countless, can't say it enough how much we thank y'all. Yeah, seriously. it's It's been really fun, and we can't wait to move over to Populous 512. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I have some news that I need to share. Absolutely, that, uh, you do. That does, uh, it does pertain to this. Uh, your boy got a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm now covering the football team for the University of Texas uh, at, on the Daily Texan. I'm an associate sports editor there, so I got the inside scoop on football, going to the press conferences, listening to Steve Sarkeesian, the most confident coach in college football. Probably not true, but uh, yeah, that's really fun. Uh, I'll be up in the press box for the games on Saturday, so no more uh, no more game day activities for me, which is definitely a little bit un- <laughs> unfortunate, but I'll be at, at in Tuscaloosa for the Alabama game, so I'll definitely definitely tell the 40 about that, the first-hand experience, and uh, I'm excited about that, and I'm, it's going to enhance the 40-yard line, I'm sure of it, so can't wait for that. I absolutely believe that. And trust me when I say there is no one that is better, more deserving of that job. Oh, thank you. That dude, this this guy right here busted his ass this entire last semester and then also proceeded to bust his ass the entire summer, too, for the Daily Texan. There's no one more deserving of this, and there's going to be no one better once he eventually graduates to put out into the world to start writing. He's going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm tearing <And> up. <laughs> it's like you said, self-growth. Uh, so the 40 will not only have somebody in the press box, the 40 will not have someone on the field as well. Exactly. So I have actually transitioned away from media. Uh, so this is going to be my last stuff in, I'm doing in media. I'm going to finish out my film degree. But I am trying to transition into college front, off, front office athletics or athletic management. Uh, so I am actually working now as a game day marketing uh, host for Texas Athletics. So Evan and I are officially out of our goober era. <laughs> <laughs> goober era, goober era. And we are now, we were qualified last year. Yeah. We are now more than qualified to tell you guys about all things. Yeah, Texas. now we work for these people. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. But well, yeah, a lot. A lot. That was a lot to catch us that up That was on. a lot. That was a seven minute intro. That was great. Roughly seven minutes. Hey. Here less. Yeah. No more C block. No more C block. Yeah. <laughs> we also are for those. This will probably make some people happy. We're we're doing our <laughs> conscious best to cut down on episode time. So um, you know, definitely making it, especially during this season, Texas football heavy, CFB and NFL as well. But uh less less trolling around, I'd say. Less trolling around and let's get the ball rolling instead of trolling. <laughs> uh Okay. We got it. September second, two thirty five kickoff, Texas. Rice University. The Horns are home. The Horns are home. Texas, I think they're 24th home opener of the last 28 years. So, you know, and it's, you know, easy opponent. should be a cakewalk. I think I say we just go ahead and jump right into Rice, and then from there, let's talk a little bit more about the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, from... 
I'm not going to act like I'm a Rice expert, but from what Coach Sargas said, it's a physical team. They they definitely kind of they like to work in the trenches. Apparently, they're a fullback user, which that nothing makes me happier than a fullback. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I get my fullback fandom, but uh, you know, I mean, this Rice team's going to run the ball a lot. Which you know, we got big guys up front, Tavondre Sufton, Byron Murphy, and I mean, if this offense with these level players can't can't put a forty on Rice, then it's not a good look for Alabama in a week. I mean, I think you're saying it best. I'm going to be real. This is going to be our by far our worst game of the season. And I mean that in terms of entertainment value. And yeah. Yeah. Because I think we're going to see 12 play calls this entire game. Yeah. 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 Sark's not going to show no anybody bag. anything. Yeah. It's going to be, it's not, I mean, it's not going to be exciting, but to be, I mean, you know, I'm not speaking down on this, the University of Rice University. However, we all knew how bad Texas was two years ago, and we were still able to beat that team 56-0. to Yeah. So this should be a cakewalk. If this team lets up anything more than 10 points, I'm going to be concerned. Yeah, I agree with that. I, uh, I, this should be the best or top two defense in the Big 12 and one of the best offenses in the Big 12 as well. I mean, if this, if this Rice game is a hard, then I, it, I don't know what to say. I've, yeah, and you know we're not a and We're not going to lose to Appalachian State. Nope. We're not going to lose to Rice University. <laughs> not Michigan either. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, I mean we didn't have to buy our players like Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo, like, we're confident with who we are, and you know I said it a year ago that this team was going to on the right way. I said it a year ago that we were three years away from the college football playoff. Shout out the expansion for going to twelve because that actually might come true now. Oh uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's as as likely a possibility as anything. So, but, uh, I, I do have to say, uh, Texas has won the last fifteen straight against Rice. So, right, yeah, it's, we're gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. gonna be chilling. Uh, I think I kind of want to know for you, uh, I, like you know, give me give me a little score prediction. What score prediction? Yeah, I'm thinking a cool fifty-five to seven. I was gonna say sixty-three to seven. Oh, 63. sixty-three. I like that. I like that. Sixty-three, but I think you know. I think a lot of these guys that we will see play, uh, like in the fourth quarter, halfway through the third, I think like a good of good amount of them might will probably end up redshirting. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, I expect to see Malik Murphy get some action in the second half. Uh, I understand that Steve Steve will announce who QB two is on yep. Thursday. On Thursday. Uh, my expectation is Malik Murphy. What are you thinking? I mean. No matter who it is, that's such good news for Arch. That as a true freshman, he's already competing with Murphy for that second spot. Love to hear that. I do think he's going to lead Murphy. It just, you know, apparently they both work well with the second team, but it, it just makes more sense to have it be Murphy. He's, he's had that full year in college. He's also a talented quarterback. And we also that photo of him oh, in the I, weight I, room, That bro. photo is uh, crazy. Uh, fun little story I have from the summer. I'll keep this short. Let's hear I it. work at this place called Halal Bros. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> You know, the the bill's got to be paid somehow. And I uh, so I go to give this service guy's food. I'm like, this guy's pretty, like, kind of a big dude. And he had uh, Texas Athletics. So, of course, I snooped and looked at the roster for football. And it was our strength coach. Mm. And our strength coach came into my work. And so I had a little conversation. I was like, oh, are you this person? He said, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, he was talking about the players. And I'm like, oh, how'd you feel about that picture? Like, he was like, yeah, they got to stop fooling around. Like, he was not happy about it, apparently. Like, he was, he did not think that was cool. So, really? Yeah. I mean, you kind of get it. You know, he wants to keep all the outside noise out. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was funny. So, yeah, I mean, but 
that's that's an interesting little thing that QB two. But we're gonna see you know Jontae Cook, DeAndre Moore, Ryan yeah. Niblett get a lot of run. We're gonna see. I'm Cedric ready for Baxter. Cedric Baxter to get yeah. some runs in. We're gonna see a lot of those young guys. Um, hopefully Anthony Hill. Um, some news actually is that Maurice Blackwell, who was kind of part of that second linebacker rotation, there's kind of three guys there with Anthony Hill and David Kabenda. I want to say is how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. Um, Blackwell's out for the first three to four weeks. It that's sounds like so we're gonna see a lot of Anthony Hill early. Uh, I actually, you know, we haven't talked about it a lot, and we can probably bring it out later. I'm actually expecting a big year for David Benda. Yeah. Uh, last year, you know, Horns 247, there was a lot of noise of him in the offseason. Didn't have the season that they were expecting. Yeah. But didn't I, see the field much, really. He really didn't. But I think two years in the weight room and the fact that we did lose. Overshone. How many starters did we lose on defense from I last year? I think it's three, three to four, three, yeah. around that. Yeah, yeah, three or four. I think that's going to provide the perfect opportunity. And also, this is just the best this Texas defense has looked in a long, long mm-hmm. time. Agreed. You know, not to, obviously, you know, you, we also want to give a shout-out to Overshone for a, what quick, he's done. a quick recovery. Yeah, oh, that is true, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, tore his ACL uh, last week for the Cowboys, so he will be out, miss his entire rookie season. Unfortunate. He would have made the team immediately. Probably yeah. would have had immediate impact had as an him, athlete. Yeah, right away. Unfortunate, but hopefully speedy recovery for Overshone. But I actually expect a big room from Benda because the biggest weakness last year and the biggest weakness, in my opinion, want to hear yours, for me still is I got some issues with this defensive line, and mm-hmm. I need to see, I need to see this defensive line drop this quarterback six or seven times. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel good about that interior interior. I right. really do. Sweat uh, and Murphy and Col- yeah. Collins apparently had a great camp. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a good little rotation, but. Obviously, the edge rushing is one of the biggest question marks because Sorrell was good last year, had trouble converting on sacks, um, and this year it's a it's a rotation between Burke and Finkley on the other side of the edge, and that's just unproven more than anything. You know, it's two athletes. I mean, Burke's like six seven, and he's he's a he's wow. a tough competitor. Wow, but um, you know, unproven, and we just don't know if he's really going to be able to you know get to the guys, especially playing against good O lines this year in Alabama and OU's and and Kansas State, like. That's going to be rough, so we'll see. Yeah, but, I mean, speaking of that line, though, the one that's going to help us uh, with Burke, and also, Finkley did get a couple runs in last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't really see the field a lot. No, uh, and Burke was more used as a spy than an edge rusher, which is why it's a right. little... We're going to see a, a transition in his game. That interior, though, and I guess a little bit of outside, because uh, I do struggle sometimes, you know, with defensive line, mm-hmm. kind of breaking it down. Chill Carter, yeah, Minnesota transfer. guy, Minnesota transfer. Could be massive for us. Yeah, part of that rotation as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's he's a guy that you're not going to hear his name a lot because he he's not going to make the mistakes. You yeah. sh- you just, he'll just be there and he'll be good. That, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. D-line, you don't want to hear the name. You don't want to hear the line unless it's for a sack. Yeah. Uh, but obviously that – I think that we have a top 10 linebacker room in this country uh, with Jalen Ford, with Anthony Hill, with Leonu. Leonu Lefeu? Lefeu. Lefeu. Kind of, Yeah. I mean, yes, it is two two freshmen, but that linebacker room looks gnarly. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's one yeah. that you're looking forward to. I mean, even though we're going to lose Ford after this year, LaFoe's had a lot of hype around him. And mm-hmm. if we can, we're not going to count him as a linebacker, but we don't play three linebackers like a traditional team. Jade Barron would be that kind of last guy. <laughs> yeah. He's playing that nickel cornerback, and it's just, he's a big dude. He hits, he gets tackles. So he's going to be a guy that also kind of, Worse in that linebacker room, uh, almost like Isaiah Simmons was back in college, 
and you're hoping that he's going to have a big year, and I think he will. Right, but like not be like traded for a seventh-round pick <laughs> like four years from now. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. to be a tank commander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll end up with the Giants, but yeah. I actually always thought Barron – I thought Barron was small for a linebacker. I didn't realize that 5'11 was actually pretty acceptable. Well, and he's not even – he's not really playing linebacker as a sense. He's just going to be on that level of the field, and he's still going to make plays. And he's level, not, level two guy. Yeah, and yeah. he's not he's not a safety. He's not a linebacker. He's just kind of there. So, uh, but he's one of the most talented players on our defense. So I, I'm excited for that. I would not be surprised if he led us in picks this year. Yeah, that would be that would be great. I, I would, would love not to be see surprised because he's gonna be covering the tight ends. He's gonna be covering the slot. So yeah. Speaking of picks, uh, our man, our man, our guy, our transfer Ryan Watts got some more help with another transfer this mm-hmm. year. If you want to talk a little bit about that in our secondary, yeah, we've uh, heard Sark talk about Gavin Holmes' name quite a bit. He comes from Wake Forest. He's gonna be our second cornerback mm-hmm. on that rotation, but it seems like he likes. What we have with Watts, of course, Holmes, Terrence Brooks is coming back, and Manny Muhammad, who is a guy that's had a lot of his name mm-hmm. said a lot in the press conferences I've been to. Um, they love him. They they say he is just working so well and kind of that surprise guy. There's always that guy who's not a five star, but really he's going to make an impact freshman year. And yeah, this could be a guy who's like the starter by the end of the year. So I'm really? excited for him. I mean, it's a, it's an open room outside of Watts, so it's okay. going to be a rotation. I actually expected a big room, too. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. The guy that I've had my eye on for a while now since February has been Jalen Catalan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see Catalan. I know like, injury was a little bit of a problem at mm-hmm. one point, but I think this is a big year for Catalan as well. And he's a senior. Yeah. Is he redshirt? I don't remember. I don't remember. Quite. I, don't I, I do think this is his last year. Yes, he's a redshirt senior. I'm seeing that right now. Right. Um, and we have Crawford and Thompson there as well. That's where it's nice where you can take a transfer like Catalan because – his big thing is the injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. He's not been able to be on the field. When he's on the field, he's great in his freshman year specifically. But if he's injured again, we still have two safeties who are like starting safeties. And we have a rotation after that. I mean, Ty Afe, I remember him from last year. Yeah. You know, out there doesn't doesn't seem to do a <laughs> like doesn't seem to make plays, but I'd never thought he was Ty Affe a or problem. Taff? Taff, something. Taff. 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 Well Taff. The reason Taff. I the reason I know that is because Michael Taff is the one who recruited Manny. Really? That's okay. why. Yeah. So he, there you go. He was for both of Manning's official visits. He was his roommate. Cool. Yes. Well, that's Taff. awesome. So yeah. Michael Taft. Mm-hmm. So, my no, apologies. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Only I think, reason I know that. Yeah. I think <laughs> we should get into the schedule. Do a little rundown of what we got going on in 2023. I agree. But I was actually really excited. I hope that's something we do this year because my biggest issue is I've always struggled with breaking down the defense. I'm pretty down this year to do a lot of defensive breakdown. Oh yeah, that that's definitely where I think we can get our expertise a little bit better. Just as as podcasters, a lot of game analysis. Yeah. yeah, pretty excited for that. Uh, definitely won't need any analysis for this Saturday though. Uh, uh. Uh, We're being rice. <laughs> let's go to week two. Week two. <laughs> well, what's you know we know this game has been coming. Alabama. We've known about it since last year. It's revenge. Yeah. It's we felt like we got kind of screwed. Yeah, I didn't want to say that word, but you said it, so I'm fine with it. There was calls. Yours wasn't playing fully. A tackle away, it seemed like, from winning that game. And, and a field goal away. A lot of stuff. A safety away. Yeah. any any yeah. You can pick out seven individual plays that probably goes differently. Yeah. We win that game. But yeah. going to Tuscaloosa does not make it easier. The lack of Bryce Young does make it a lot easier. Um, Alabama does know their quarterback. It will be Jalen Milrow, as far as I can tell. Same guy from last um, year. And he was he you know he came in almost lost to a weak A and M team last year. He's got the legs. He he is a he's a college quarterback. Kind of has an Anthony Richardson freak athlete. But 
His his arm's a question mark, and they this isn't an Alabama receiving core like what we're used to with the Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smiths. Right. It's good players. Like Jermaine Burton is a good player, but it's not as many guys where you're like, these dudes are gonna be top ten picks. So I think the roster for Alabama compared to last year coming in is weaker. I really do. And I think that's where Texas really gets the advantage of Texas is better, Alabama is worse, but it's a Nick Saving coach team at home. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, and obviously, you know, we're going to beat around the bush next week, too, when we're talking about this game. But, I mean, you know, we're trying to become the sixth team ever to beat a Nick Saban-Alabama team in a night game. God, is it really that low? It's, it's getting, we're trying to become this, only the sixth ever team. That's a great stat. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I forget where I got it. I think it was like PFF or something. But um, trying to become only the sixth team ever. College game day is there. Tickets are $700. I mean, this is... This is as big as it gets. Mm-hmm. Steve Sarkeesian is boasting a very unimpressive 13-12 and 12 record heading into his third year as a Texas head coach. And, you know, frankly, in my opinion, this is what it's going to come down to. There are three games, three to four, that we're going to talk about this year in our schedule mm-hmm. that are make-or-break games for Steve Sarkeesian. Definitely. And this is his first one. This is, you know, I'm not even going to come out with a score prediction yet. I'm not going to come out with I say <laughs> yeah. who win, but... I'm saying as long as they're somewhere in the plus-minus realm of a touchdown, I think that's something you would have to be okay with taking their way. Um, it makes me nervous because rushing quarterbacks have hurt Texas yeah, quite I often. So if it has to be a QB spy, we're going to have to go with a QB spy for the majority of the game, or we're going to only have to send three rushers at once, which I don't love. Mm-hmm. I don't love getting an Alabama guy time in the pocket. Yeah. But this game is going to come down to two things. It's going to be... How does Quinn Ewers respond to an SEC environment unlike any other? Um, you know, we saw what happened two years ago when Casey Thompson Hudson Card played in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That didn't go very well. Yeah. yeah, that was the start of a bad season. Uh, it's been a while since we played in SEC territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, two years. It's going to be two years. So I, it's going to come down to look, last year, I'm going to say it straight up. It was a fluke. That first quarter was a fluke. That's yeah. not going to happen again with Ewers. But Quinn Ewers is a lot different from the Quinn Ewers. A year ago, he yeah. is leaner. He stopped eating Chick Fil A. He did. That's crazy. <laughs> he shaved. That's the... what I had for lunch. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> he shaved the mullet. He is, by all accounts, a different player. And he said today in his press conference, "I am a more confident player because I'm not playing for a starting job anymore. I'm playing to lead a team." I mean, you, that does that not get you just pumped up to hear? He's a change guy. He's he is a different person. He's a than, change player than what we are used to. And uh, you know, I. I have all confidence in Quinn. One thing that Sarkeesian said in his most recent press conference, which I really like to hear, is, you know, part of the reason with confidence is he's so happy he doesn't have to have a quarterback battle. Yeah. This, this, you know, you think about it, it was Thompson and Card and then Card and Ewers the past two years. And that's, you know, it's something that you have to work on the offseason that now the weight's off your shoulder. You know who you're putting out there. Absolutely. And I love also that it wasn't ever a competition. There was never a question mark. It was yours as team. That shows you how much he's Mm -hmm. done. And also, just the fact that he's got now the top two wide receiver room in the country. Oh, yeah. That's going to make things a lot easier. That just is so important for them. Throwing to Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Isaiah Naor, uh, Jonte Cook, Jordan Whittington. Keep going. Jatavian Sanders. Uh, Oh, my gosh. um, Louisville guy. Louisville wide receiver. 
Oh, um, the transfer. Oh, uh, we're we're blanking on the names right now. We are struggling with names right now. It's yeah. like guys, we're warming up. Come we're, on, we're, we're warming up. I mean, <laughs> it's Nibbler as well. More. Yeah, more, more as well. DeAndre Moore. That's more who we're thinking of. Yep. Sorry about that. We're rusty. We are a little rusty. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, for this game specifically, uh, I will say, you know, we don't want to lose this game because that's a confidence thing. But right. a loss technically isn't the worst thing in the world because it doesn't affect. It really, you know, we lose to Alabama. It doesn't change our Big 12. Right. Probably doesn't have much difference for college football playoff or um, New York 6 standings. But you want to win this, and especially because this is going to be the best defense we play all year. It is. It's 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 tough because you're talking about two guys in uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Dallas Turner who are probably going to be high draft picks this year. Mm-hmm. Kool-Aid McKinstry is one of the best cornerbacks in the nation, if not the best. I didn't realize he was eligible for the draft this year. Yeah, he's a junior I, this year. I didn't know that, yeah. Um, he is crazy and has a cool name. Um they, uh, Caleb Downs, who's a guy that um, recruiting-wise came into the year as a top 10 recruit in the nation, and people are saying could be the best player at free safety on their defense as a freshman, which is big talk. Um, they came in with four top 10 recruits, I think it was, three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, Caden Proctor is a guy on the offensive line who's also going to start, but I'm a little concerned about how their defense is, is going to play against Texas and if they're just going to overwhelm us. I don't think they will, but that that does give me a little bit of if, – if this is – if we get shut down in Alabama, obviously it's going to get easier from then on out, but that bodes poorly for when we have to play OU and TCU and Iowa State, things like that. I agree. I mean, I will be concerned, but there is less reason for concern more than ever because we now, I mean, for the first time in a long time in Texas, in the program's history, we've got all of our starters back on the offensive mm-hmm. line. We've got Kelvin Banks, who doesn't have to go against Will Anderson anymore. Nope. So he's and he pro- shut Will Anderson down. And he shut Will Anderson down. We've got we've got some monsters this year on the mm-hmm. O line. They're all together. They all have experience, and I think every single player, and especially Quinn Ewers, especially Xavier Worthy, especially Ryan Watts, I think they've all got an extra chip on their shoulder oh, into this yeah, game. Definitely. Also, you know, Sark wants to beat Saban. Yeah, it's it's his last chance to. It, it really it's, is. It's, unless unless he's, I mean, you know, he'll go into the SEC and find it. But this is like, this is his last. Like, this is the one right now. Sark for wants Sark. it. Sark this wants is it. it. And I mean, he wants as bad as Kirby Smart wanted. It. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And, and you know, let's not make that comparison yet. But you know, no, I'm saying like in terms of like wanting it. No, no, no. Because no, I was him. about to. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to stop myself. But you know, <laughs> listen, Smart got his win. Uh, not quite there. But I mean, this Alabama game is is so. It's just it's such an important game for the. Obviously, it's like I said, it's not important for the Big Twelve, but it's so important for the fans. Like, we win this game, we watch, our friends watching at home, we win this game. How confident are they going to be? Also, hypothetically, if we win, this changes the entire way the college football nation looks at us. Yeah, 100%. It's it's no longer they're overranked. They're 11th in the preseason poll. It's, yeah, you know, they beat Alabama. Who's beating them from here on out? Which mm-hmm. we can talk about a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to you want to wrap start rapid firing some of our like, easier yeah. games? Wyoming third week. We're not really going to. I don't. I don't know much about Wyoming. <laughs> win. I, hopefully, we beat them at home. It's a win. At Baylor is it's a little sketchy because it's at Baylor, but they're really you know it, it's their defense isn't concerning. Their offense. Blake Shapen's not going to be a top quarterback in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a program that's trying to kind of rebuild a little bit because of last year i think we can come in and you know our fans travel well to a game like that i don't think it's going to feel like alabama feels yeah i think we can win that game i agree i think that what's going to happen is you know for me i always see week three 
whenever it gets whenever a game gets put on Longhorn Network, I know that's a game that means we're supposed to win. Yeah. Wyoming's a seven o'clock Longhorn Network game. That means we're supposed to win. That's the expectation. <laughs> that means heading into Baylor, depending on Baylor's record, it's either going to be a three thirty game or a seven o'clock game. And for all things considered, I'm hoping that that Baylor game is going to be a, a three o'clock game. Yeah, because I I, Texas just happens to perform better. I feel like, but to also, I mean, to reiterate what, like Evan says, it is a still a rebuilding program. They're mm-hmm. still trying to build back from what they were when Matt Rule was over there as the head coach. They're not quite there yet. Yes, they did give TCU a challenge last year, but that was also like a TCU team that we saw had vulnerabilities. It was a team that we probably could have beat. It was a team that we saw, unfortunately, get exposed on the national stage. Mm. And, you know, for me, like, I just, I don't think that Baylor is going to give it that much, as much as they gave it against TCU. And it also helps as an early season game. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to mark that off as a W. Yeah. I think, I think if, if we're not, if we're not as both as fans and analysts, if we're not marking that as a W, then, there's a lot of other question marks on this thing, on this schedule. So, yeah, I think I think we have confidence that this will be a, a, a good a good win, and not also not a team that we're expecting to compete for the Big Twelve championship. And the hope is that teams that aren't, we're getting through. So, I think Baylor. I don't think they're a top twenty-five team, and we should be beating any team that's not top. I don't think team. they were anywhere close to it. Yeah. I think they were coming around forty this year. So. So from being told uh, media, they came in as sixth of the teams, and you know. After you get out of the out of the top five, in my opinion, it's a drop off. I think after you get out of the top three, it's a drop off. Yeah, I can also give. I'd also give you that. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're in that Oklahoma State UCF tier where I, we should be able to beat these teams. So I think we can move on to Kansas if you'd like to. I agree. Uh, I'll take the lead on this one. Mm-hmm. I, this is a wash for me. This is an easy win, for two reasons. Yes, Jaden Daniels. I get it. He was banged up last year when we played him. I get all that. I get Kansas is investing in its program. They have actually announced that they are going to start renovating the stadium, try to get more of an expansion Good getting. Good for them. Great for them. I mean, great for the, you know, I'll talk about the Big 12 in a little bit. I've got some issues with the Big 12 right now. <laughs> but, I mean, Kansas is going to, like, making sure they're going to survive. They're going to keep doing what they're going to do. But also, at the end of the day, this is Kansas University. This is a team that does not have any five-star on the team as far as, I, I don't believe they have a five-star. I don't think so. It's, they've... Got a lot of three stars and, you know, some four stars, but it's Kansas. And it's the team that beat us on a two-point conversion two years ago. One of my least favorite games I've ever watched in person. Yeah, one of of the lowest moments I've ever felt as a fan. (laughs) I think that, I mean, for me, the expectation is every single time we're going into DKR this year, it's regardless of any team, I'm favoring us by an extra, like, 15 Fifteen to twenty percent, but especially with Kansas because I mean, every I know every single team in the Big Twelve is gonna want to like chip us this year. Oh yeah, but you just look. Obviously, you can't replicate who he was as a player. But how easy was it last year for Bijan Robinson against them? Yeah, how easy? And then also that game was it? Uh, Jonathan Brooks had a hundred yards that game still mm-hmm. off eleven touches. Uh, th- that I game believe we ran all over them. Eleven touches, something like that. Brooks still had 100 yards off, like, barely any touches. Mm-hmm. And this running back room is far, far better than that defensive line. Yeah. Another mark. Another um, W for Canada. That, or another W. I mean, that's exactly where I was going with this. I will say their offense does concern me a little bit because, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at their depth chart, it's not a single 
uh, underclassmen on their on their uh, team. It's a lot of returners, all juniors and seniors. And I will say in the Big 12, outside of Texas, really, honestly, I think you can call this the best quarterback running back duo coming into the year because Neal, Devin Neal, is, I think it was, he was first team all Big 12. J- Jalen Daniels was second team all Big 12. And that's a very talented duo. They're returning all their wide receivers. So that does concern me. I think their offense can put up points against our defense, and they have talented players. But, I mean, it's this, this D-line of theirs is so bad. I'm so sorry. Right now, CBS has Kansas locked in as the 46th best team in the nation. Yeah, but that's all coming from defense, in my opinion. I think they might have the worst defense in the Big 12. <laughs> I, I agree. That's where that comes in. And uh, Also, Baylor at 35 is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean. It's too high. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see with those teams. Over, I, over Auburn? That's that's weird. Over yeah. Auburn? That's yeah. weird. I'll give you yeah. that. Um, I think this Kansas game could be high scoring. I think we could see us winning by 10 and it being in the 40s and 30s. But I do agree with you. I think at DKR, we'll pull this out. I agree, but also, I mean, I'm going to say I don't agree with the 10-point thing because I think Sark's going to Sark's gonna say, remember, this is your last kind of, not a cakewalk game, but this is your last tune-up before the game. We have three games in between OU and Alabama. This should be a game we win. Let's it, win this it game. It needs to be a tune-up. It needs to be get ready for next mm, weekend. I, I do agree with that. I think that's a great point. And next weekend, college game day should be there again. Hopefully. Last ever Red River for the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy to say. It is. And it's I mean, awesome though. I, I will say this about this OU team is it's not gonna be last year. This is this game is not, not gonna be a forty nine to zero. Um I mean one thing for them is that, you know, we talked about with Alabama how we didn't have yours. You know, they were throwing out their their third string quarterback, like Davis Bevel, like <laughs> things like that. Um like That's wild. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel wasn't playing and Dylan Gabriel should be one of the top three quarterbacks in the Big 12 this year. He's not hes not what OU fans think he is, but he is a solid college quarterback. And though they lost their two biggest offensive producers in Marvin Mims and um, Eric Gray, this was a team that was ranked top 10 on 24-7 in transfers. And they had a top two. Them in Texas had a, all the five stars that came into the Big 12. So this is going to be a team that's very like new. We're not going to know a lot of these players because they're going to have about – eight to ten transfer freshman starters on their team, and a guy that I'm familiar with, Andrew Anthony, coming from Michigan, a gadget guy, uh, a dude who is a big play big play uh, kind of specialist, and Brennan Thompson from Texas, who's the same thing. I mean, he's one of the fastest players in the state of, te- in the state of Texas when we got him. Yeah. So there's definitely some players to be concerned about in this game, and this game, no matter how good these two teams are coming in, you know, Texas could be, say it goes perfectly, they could come in 5-0, and oh, Oh, you could come in even three and two, and I'd still be scared. So I still think that this game is going to be close. I think we're I'm going to predict Texas to win, but it's this is a game that I think will be the most important game of the year. This will decide the Big Twelve championship, kind of where that headed, where that's headed. Decide for Oklahoma how their year goes. Is this if Brett Venables doesn't win this, it's it's concerning. It's a red flag. I'm going to say that. There is a chance that they're going to this with actually a better record than us. Yeah, they could be. Because this Oklahoma team does not have a tough schedule at all. Oklahoma in their first five games play Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, and their one kind of challenging game is Iowa State. Yeah. But that game's in Norman. Mm -hmm. They should win that. They should win that. Look, I mean, this team is hurting still from Lincoln Riley. They're, they're, They're hurting. They get it. I get it. They are still, I mean, there's a lot. 
they got, by all accounts, utterly embarrassed last year mm-hmm. by Texas. A Texas team that, you know, we come to find out that wasn't really all that good as far as the offense goes, the mm-hmm. expectations were. I th- I think you're right. Look, there are, for me, no, for me, I know you have your four, too. Um, I know for you, I know for you that we have uh, a couple of trap games. I have my trap games, too. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But it's... It's there, man. I think the pieces are there. I think that we they are going to remember everything that happened last year. I think both teams will remember that. Mm-hmm. But I just think there's something about this Texas team this year. It's it's the first time I felt good about it. And it's BV, – BV knows that he's going to face a lot of question marks. Yeah. A um, lot of his career – it's the same thing as Michigan-Ohio State. Yeah. Nobody cares what game you win as long as you win the game. Yep. It's 100%. kind of the same thing at Texas. Nobody cares what you do as long as you beat OU. Mm-hmm. And for Texas, if you don't beat OU, you're not going to the Big 12 championship. Yeah. This game will keep you out of the Big 12 100%. championship. And if you're not in the Big 12 championship, this season is a failure. Definitely. I, I I agree with all you're saying here, and you go go with the expectation to win. I, I this is I mean it's a it's not do or die for Venables, but you know last two classes Sarkeesian's out recruited him. Mm-hmm. He lost last year, and was bad last year. He loses this game, and suddenly they don't the, the year doesn't look as good for them. And in 2024, right now they have a better class than us. But you know what happened last year? Recruits were going over to our side at, while well, we were up to 49-0. Shout out Colton Vasek. Yeah, shout basic. out Colton Vasek yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for flipping in February. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that I think if we win this game, we we overtake them in recruiting because we have some guys on the bubble with that team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is this is do or die for Venables. But it's I think I agree with you. Texas should be favored. But also BV, you know, I don't know how well how close you fall like on three and two four seven. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma is just taking hit after hit. They can't, they can't close on any defensive player. Yes, I have heard about any this. De- every defensive player is going to the SEC, or they're just ignoring the Big Twelve altogether, and they're going out Michigan, Ohio State. A couple of bubble players at, that had Texas and OU in their top five either chose neither or they stayed that way. But Brett Venerables is trying to be a defensive-minded coach in a Big 12 where no defense player wants to go. Seriously. And, you know, it's hurting them hard for the future. But also Marvin Mims was the only player that did anything for them last year mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah. So oh, the, the loss of Marvin Mims is huge for That's us. That's big, yeah. It's huge. This Texas team needs to have a show. I We'll see what Dylan Gabriel does. Um, but, I mean, the cards are all on the table. Seriously, it's going to be a massive game, massive, massive game. Yeah, I think um, you know I wrote a question out on our notes, and I'd love to hear your your opinion on this. I mean, what's our record at the bye? Because our bye is right after the OU game. (sighs) You're making me say it. Yeah. Four and one. I think I think because it's really hard to bet on us winning both of those games. It is. It's really hard to. I think I think we're going to win the games we have to win. And we're winning one of the two. And honestly, winning one of the two, whichever one it is, there's benefits to it. There really is. If we're 5-0, and oh, I might have to get a tattoo of 5-0 <laughs> on my body. It's all, I mean, if we're 5-0, and oh, we're going to be a top four team in the nation, ranking-wise. But, um, I mean, either way, you know, we beat Bama, and suddenly we're top six, top eight in the overall rankings. We beat OU, and... We're alone at the top of the Big 12. I think top six, yeah. Top yeah. six if we beat Bama. 
And we'd be both were number one, top four team. Hypotheticals, like if this Texas team knows how to play to its full potential, this is this is a college football playoff four team. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that more in a second, mm-hmm. but yeah. for me, my expectation is four and one. What about you? Yeah, I think four and one. That's where I'm where my head's at. And four and one to me is amazing. Yeah, that's I mean, a that's, great, that's that's a great, that's a great job from Sark in my opinion. So, it is. Uh, I think we can go through that. Buy is going to be very helpful though. Buy is going to be nice. That and buy then, is going to be helpful. And <laughs> not going to say their bye week games. Oh, the second the second bye week game will be good too. The next week against Houston, that will also be a good bye week game. <laughs> well, we're hoping that that game's at NRG Stadium. That would be fun. But I mean, I think you know this Houston team is not quite ready for the the Big Twelve and. They're going to be a bad defense, similar to the way we're talking about Kansas. I think we win that game. I think their quarterback got cut today. The Did Houston he? quarterback that got drafted, or I think he was like drafted or undrafted. I don't think he. I think he got cut today from the Van of Fifty Three. For what team was it? Who was it? I'm trying to think. Was it Clayton? I, no, Clayton Toon was in Houston. No, I think dude, I was reading about this morning on Twitter, but I'm pretty sure he didn't make the cut. You look at that. I'll talk about BYU. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> BYU at TKR. Um, fun thing. Keaton Slovis. If you guys remember that name. He's been at four schools, I want to say. Um, he's, uh, yeah, Keen Slovis is back, and he's playing at BYU. Uh, you know, interesting player. Uh, not what he was when he was recruited into the uh, into college football. I'm actually going to look up his 24-7 right now. Hopefully this comes up quickly. But, you know, <laughs> this, is a, this is a guy who, uh, you know, played at Pitt last year and uh, wasn't exactly the best. I I believe he was on USC, it was. Um, and he was, you know, supposed to be huge for Pitt, wasn't really bad for Pitt, uh, right after Kenny Pickett left. He's the big name at BYU, but after that, it's just, you know, they I, apparently their offensive line is good. We just don't know much about them because they went in the Big 12 and they're not supposed to be a threat. And hopefully Texas is through two weeks beating the, those two teams. Well, this is bullshit. <laughs> Tune didn't get caught. He, didn't he did get make the it. he did make the he did make it to the team fifty three, he's on the Cardinals. Yeah, you know what's upsetting is that Cole, Cole McCoy, McCoy was the one who got cut. <laughs> I promise you, Cole McCoy, as garbage as he is, it would be a better quarterback. But now the side note: the Arizona Cardinals will now be throwing out Joshua Dobbs, who they just signed last Steelers week. Steelers legend, by the way. Just signed him last week. Yeah. Or a rookie quarterback, week one. But not just like a rookie, like a, I think it was like a sixth round, fifth, fifth, fifth late fifth, 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 late fifth. Uh, yeah. What a joke of a franchise. I mean, they're they're tanking. We, a, we talked about the Isaiah Simmons thing earlier, but they're they're tanking. I'll be taking cracks at the Cardinals all season. <laughs> oh, he, that's gonna be so fun. I always. New Cliff Kingsbury is going to be a bad head coach. Nothing made me happier than seeing their downfall. <laughs> I hate Kyler Murray because he went to a and Oklahoma. Nothing made me happier than seeing his downfall. <laughs> there okay. you go. I'm not happy towards ACL, but I'm yeah, happy he's yeah, not playing you know, well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, that was well said, JC. I verified. <laughs> um, uh, next game is Kansas State. BYU, side note for me. This game means everything to me. Really? Because the, the last time they were here, they beat us. Because Taysom, and with Taysom Hill running that's for like right. three touchdowns. See, that's before, that's before I was a Texas fan. Dude, I, I that game means a lot to me. Uh, I read a really good book about BYU this year. I I, I get a lot of their program. Uh, a lot, like a lot of what they do is kind of like, it's beautiful. Like how much of it is just purely ball? Because, uh, you know, it's like, what else do you do at BYU? But like <laughs> this game I actually have predicted as a momentum game. So I have momentum games and trap games marked down. I have this game as a game where if Texas can hit a fourth notch, it's over like for this everything. Is, this else. is a 70-pointer? Like, no, maybe not even a 70-pointer, but here's, here's, my, here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. I think the weather's going to get cool. Yeah. All right? I think we're talking 60-degree night, 
Fox or ABC National Television. Halloween game. Yeah. October 28th. Three games. Fans checked out in costumes. I think we're going to get spooky. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this game has the potential to be a defensive masterclass for Texas, mm-hmm. but also, like, because OU was, like, one of our, obviously, like, our perfect performance. I think this has a chance to be this year's OU. Okay. That doesn't mean they're getting shut out, but this team, if they win... Our piece de resistance. 40, to, exactly. We. Oui. <laughs> this team wins 40 to 21, 40 to 24. This Texas team, they're there. They found their they found their fourth fifth gear. Let's ride out the season. And I um you know I, I also put this on our notes like what our favorite three week stretches of the season and we're about to come into what I would say is mine and I think a very important stretch in the last four games. Honestly, it's a four game stretch, but I think this you know Kansas State coming to Texas is you know it's it's not it's not a given that we're winning this game. I think this is right where we this I is agree. right where we start saying this is our next hard opponent. Uh, it's our third hardest after Bama and OU so far in the season. And, you know, Will Howard is not Adrian Martinez, but I believe we saw him last year against Texas. We did. Uh, yeah. I believe for a half or so. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they've brought in some some transfers on offense. They're a fullback team. You know, I love that. <laughs> I hope I mentioned fullbacks Shut twice. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, uh, it's they have talent on the team, and uh, there's always they're always a team that, Goes under the radar until you play them. Yeah. So I'm a little scared for this game. Um, I'm not. This is not my trap game because I almost think they're too good to call them that. This is my trap game. Okay. This is my trap game. Uh, I, I honest to God, couldn't believe we beat them last year. That was the one fourth quarter we saw from Texas last year that yeah, impressed me. That's true. Yes. That was the one good fourth quarter from Texas football that I saw. This is a November game. The only reason I feel comfortable about this game is because the game is in our home. And like I said, there's just something comfortable to me about playing in DKR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is this is a massive game to me. Yep. Yes, I mean, yeah, Adrian Martinez, you know. Deuce Vaughn's well, not there. Deuce, Deuce Vaughn's not there. And also, I do expect the same thing with the team we're going to see next weekend. I expect a defensive drop-off from what they were last year. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be there. And this is, you know, like, I know we can't compare year by year, but our roster is far more competent this year. And I think that the playing calling should be solidified by then as well. So yeah. I'm still gonna mark this off as a W for the Horns. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I think you know we're giving we're giving the Horns a lot of Ws, but looking nationally, this is a team that's pretty to go ten and two. Yeah. That's about the consensus what we're hearing. So yeah. I yeah, I think these are the games that you're winning if the, if we're if we're gonna talk about that. Um this game, this upcoming game is a scary one, in my opinion. This I is agree. this is where we're talking about third hardest game of the season. Could even be top t- uh, two, but we're going to TCU. Probably going to be a night game there. I, I, I'm not sure, um, but you know the fans are going to be yeah. out there. You know TCU is a team that really didn't want us going to the to the SEC, but it's also like yeah, we don't need you. Um, but you know, I think this is an offense where you look at it and you say, "Well, look at the NFL draft. Max Duggan, he's in the he left." Kendra Miller Johnson. went to the, yeah. Quentin Johnson was a first round pick. Kendra Miller went to your Saints. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, even um, D. Mercado, who was um, really good against Michigan, uh, um, he uh, you know he's gone. So their top two, top two, top three offensive producers are gone. But you know Chandler Morris is their starting quarterback, and you know he beat out Duggan to start last year. Right, he was supposed to be their quarterback. So this is not this is not no one. I think he's ahead of you know the Will Howard kind of tier, the Blake shape, and I think this is going to be a a good quarterback they got. 
three Alabama transfers on their offense. Right. A running back in Trey Sanders. They got an O-lineman, a Brocker Meyer, and then uh, JoJo Earl, who was actually a producer for them last year. They just have a lot of new players on their offense. And if it all goes right and it works out together and Dykes, who, you know, he had a great coaching year last year, if he's still that good of a coach, this could be a top 15 team in the nation that coming into them. Yeah. Sonny Dykes is still a great coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, with what he did with that roster last year, it kind of put him into the upper echelon of Big yes. 12 head coaches. But I will be interested to see this quarterback's mentality. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you lose your starting job, there's not always a lot of good that comes from that. No. And not only that, there you want to talk about teams with pressure. This team is number three behind Texas and OU in terms of pressure in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. This is a team that went to the national championship. Yeah. So they're going to have as many eyes on us are going to be as many eyes on them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ben, De- ben but don't break might have to be the TCU thing for this year. I think TCU's heading into this game with like six, seven wins. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think yeah. they're heading to this this game with six, seven wins, and it is scary that it's in their home stadium. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. I it is definitely... scary that it's in their home stadium. I think this BYU K State TCU stretch is our toughest stretch of the season. Yeah, uh, I'm chalking it down to a very, very, very close victory. I I think, I think it's coming down to like three points. I think you could call you could say either way to me. And, you know, trying to make the case. And I wouldn't be mad at you if you picked TCU. I think this is a touchdown win for Texas. But just that. Barely. Kind of thing. Barely. Yeah. And I think I think this is where we see, like, Jalen Ford become a legend at the University of Texas. And yeah. uh, that's where the defense is going to have to step up. I, um, mean, that, I mean, that game, you look back to two years ago. I don't know why I remember two years ago so well. But that game really was where Bijan put everyone on nation on yes, notice in the nation. True. Because that's where he went. You know, nuclear is the word. Nuclear. I mean, he probably had what, like almost 200 yards that game? Yeah. And he carried us that entire second half when our offense couldn't move. Mm -hmm. So that's another big thing for Texas, too. This offense cannot have what they had last year. Yeah. yeah. This offense cannot have, we're only going to play two and a half quarters of football. Yeah, and choke for the rest of it. We're going to disappear for the third and the first five minutes of the fourth. Mm -hmm. That cannot happen anymore. And that, because if we lose this season, and I'll tell you why to find a loss since we get to the end of this. It's going to be due to our offense, not our defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I do not hate that statement at all. Yeah. Um, that's also where I'm kind of going to walk into this next game Oof, against Iowa this one's State, tough. where this is my trap game because this is not a, a great team, but it's it's the mo- it's the epitome of uh, an upset team. And mm-hmm. uh, the comparison I was going to mm-hmm. make, which I hadn't even noticed until literally just now, is the Iowa and the Big Ten, the Iowa teams, man, that you think they're going to upset because yeah. it's – you play them at home, and they're going to be probably still the best defense in the in the Big Twelve. They were last year, yeah. and they you know they lost McDonald, who was a first round uh, pick, but they brought in more people. Um, and this is a team that's always going to have a good defense. And playing as good defenses away is just it's not fun. It's not. You know, if the crowds again, the crowd's going to be on their side, and if they're all you know making it hard on the snap counts and making it hard on players, and drops are being forced, things like that. And Iowa State's not going to be an easy team to beat. Obviously, their their offense is bad. They have a quarterback competition <laughs> that they're they're pretty bad. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're not a good offense, and you're not going to see anyone of note on that team. Nope. But I just I think after Kansas State and TCU, it's going to be they're going to be exhausted. You know, like four, fourth and or fifth game after the bye, TCU is going to wear them out. Kansas State's going to be not an easy game. I think Iowa State shouldn't be a game where they're complacent. 
Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I I guess I'm doing it for the third time. I'm sorry. That's where we saw the ultimate collapse of this team three years or two years ago. Yep. This is a game last year we came very close to losing. Mm-hmm. It took a good fourth quarter from Texas to put it away. And it took an Xavier Worthy masterclass to put it away in that second half. And, you know, I've actually heard it described that the two hardest places to play in the Big 12 are Kansas when they were bad <laughs> and Iowa State no matter any point in history. It just does. In November because they say it's so boring, it's so cold. And it's so sad yeah. that it's just hard to show up. Mm-hmm. And Iowa State's not going to be good this year. No. There's a chance this team has three wins. <laughs> but Texas, this, It's definitely the worst. For, them and West Virginia are the two worst old Big 12 teams. Yeah. But Iowa State fans will still be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every single it's game this gross. year, the expectation is that every single one of these teams will sell out. Because every single one of these teams is going to give us their absolute best every single weekend. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants to send Big Brother home. Yeah. I mean, how important is that win for Iowa State to say, yeah, we beat you guys, Rays. You left the Big 12, your second to last game in the Big 12. How do you feel? They like, want that. Yeah. They want that. They it's, want that. Speaking but of someone who wants thank it. Thank God, though, that we're already going against a really tough Alabama team mm-hmm. and a really tough defense away from yes, home. So. Yes, I agree with that. 40, that four, will 40K less fans at this <laughs> Iowa State game. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it may be even less than yeah, that. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, and I was I was about to transition. You know, speaking of a, a team that does that once more than anything to beat us, is Texas Tech at home Thanksgiving, correct? Day after. Day after Thanksgiving. Seven thirty. Uh, and you know the Big Twelve commissioner has said some words about how uh, bitch, you know. Bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> we might need to cut that out. <laughs> no, we're good. We we don't have to worry about getting bought now, so we're good. We can oh, have true. opinions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Brett Yormack uh, does not want Texas to win this game. Uh, he hopes Texas Tech sends us home uh, very sad after Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, Texas Tech, it's one of those things where I don't even want to talk about their roster because it's not going to matter. It, it's These players are going to kick it up a gear. Uh, they're kicking up a star rating for each of them. They're going Madden plus 10 boost their overall. Yeah. All these players. And yeah. they're going to they're gonna give it to us. I... I... I'm going to be very real with you. I want this game more than I want Bama. Really? I'm being very real with you. If there are things that people know about me, there are several universities I hate across (laughs) the entire United States. Number one is obviously OU, but that's like a hate-respect thing. Yeah. You have to hate them. Number two is Texas Mm A&M. And number three, maybe even tied number two, is Texas Tech University. Because it is just some of the most trashiest, slimiest, slimiest <laughs> like undignified fans I've ever encountered in my entire life. No tech life. fans will listen to this. You can go off. I will say even more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've told my neighbor this. I, he went into tech. I'm going to be real. That's what I think about you, man. Um, I have no respect for this school, for, the, for this team. This is a good team, too, which is even harder. This is a good quarterback. This is a good offense. This is a team that forced a fumble from Bijan Robinson. God. This is a team that shoved one of our players last year and put it on their bar so was proud of it. <laughs> That's right. I can't describe how much I loathe this school. And I want nothing more. I want nothing more. Because my entire family would be here, all the accomplices. I want nothing more than to look at the commissioner's box and just give him the bye-bye birdie. <laughs> and say, I'll see you in Arlington. See you in Arlington. We'll be there. I want this game 
I'm gonna be real. I want this game probably as badly as I want OU. Wow. This game means everything to me. Yeah. Like, the Big Twelve is not going to beat us this year because it is not Texas versus Texas versus OU. It is Texas and OU versus the Big Twelve this year. Mm-hmm. The Big Twelve, every single team, is just mad because they aren't what we have. Every team in the nation is, is mad bad. because they aren't this university. Every team wishes that they could do the horns up. And you know why? Because every other team is doing the horns down. True. Second most popular sign college mm-hmm. football. We have a target on our head. And this is the year, for the first time since Mac Brown was here, this is, you know, this we're not doing no bullcrap Notre Dame, Texas, 2015 you know, Texas is back. We're not doing no Sugar Bowl win where Bevo killed Uga. Or Mark Uggo. Uggo. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I kid you not, when I say this season matters to me more than any other season that mm-hmm. I've ever watched as a Texas fan, I, if we walked out of this season with a Big 12 championship, I would be fine with the Saints not winning a Super Bowl for the next 20 years. Wow. That means, guys, I don't think you know how much that means to this guy. This this season and this roster, because I have told you for as long as we've been friends, which is about two and a half years now, Quinn Ewers is the guy for Texas. Him. I have always said that Quinn Ewers is our quarterback, and no one's has ever believed me. Everyone kind of made fun of me. Quinn Ewers is him. Steve Sarkeesian, I don't care what anyone says, the dude's got swagger. <laughs> the dude's got swagger. Jonte yeah. Cook, swagger. Malik Muhammad, swagger. Justice Finkley, dog. Liana LeFou, Dog, Anthony Hill, he wants to kill everyone. <laughs> Every single play he wants to take off their head. Jalen Ford, he wants to become an NFL first-round draft pick. JT Sanders, who's to stop him from becoming a tight end award in the nation? Yeah, Brock Bowers, but well, that, he can play at that level. Yeah, I agree with you. Who's to stop A.D. Mitchell and Isaiah Nayor mm-hmm. from being the ones that bring Texas back in their one year they'll probably play at this program? Every single person on this team wants this. And every single person on this team has bought into Steve Sarkeesian's culture. I fundamentally believe that this is it for Texas. That if we're actually going to deserve to be an SEC team, because I still don't think we deserve it, if we deserve to be an SEC team, it's not going to be through NIL. It's not going to be through recruiting. It's going to be through what this team does every single Saturday for the next four months. And I think this team is going 11-1. and And I think this team is winning the Big 12 championship. And finishing as the number five team in the nation. There you guys go. That is the Jacob Compost seal of approval yeah. full season prediction. I don't even know if I want to finish the episode off. I think we should <laughs> end it there. That was inspiring. I mean, but you're right. It's the highest we've ranked apart from 2019, which is basically the same rating. <laughs> bad. That was we bad. Don't, we don't like talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but like since Mac Brown, you know, this is the second highest we've been ranked since 2010. I mean, it's the most confidence Texas has ever had since then. And it's just, this means so much to the team. And I, like you said, with Tech, I think for me, beating Bama, or sorry, losing to Bama means less than losing to Tech for me. I agree with that statement. I think beating yeah, Bama would feel better than beating Tech. But it's, it's, you know, that's what happens when you're the underdog. But, you know, that's the only game we're coming to as an underdog this year, the oh, Bama dude, game. But Especially if you're there, dude. Oh, that's going to be. I don't know how you're not going to lose it in the press box. Oh, I, that's going to be so hard, man. <laughs> yeah. But um, I will, I think I have a tiny, tiny bit less confidence than JC. I'm predicting 10-2, and two, Big 12 champions, New York 6, about 8th as the final ranking. That's where I think. That's perfect. We could that's very awesome. much be 8 eight or 9, somewhere in that range. And I'm not, no Texas fan is against 
that at all. If, if you're a Texas fan and you're not happy with that, you're weird. Because <laughs> uh, I would be, I would be very happy. Yeah, with that. I think yeah. no, you obviously I would, would. I mean, yeah. we haven't been top t- apart from you know 2018, like the year before we got any time. We've been top ten <laughs> since 2009. So. That would be a great way to get in. I think, you know, we're already over the time we wanted to be. We knew this episode was going to be a little longer because it's the start of the season. It we're was, just going to run. It was good, though. Yeah. Oh, this is that last little rant got me pumped up. <laughs> I think let's just run through some accolades, some things right just to end. Quick fire. Offensive and defensive MVPs. Offensive MVP? Give me Quinn Ewers with over 3,800 mm-hmm. passing yards. Yep. That's fair. Defensive MVP? I think it's gonna be Jalen Ford. Yeah, yeah. Like I know it's like these are the boring picks, but this should be the expectation. I think I don't think there's any way it's not Ford for me. I think offense. If we're talking about in comparison to everyone in the nation, that's not really what MVP really means. But I think JT Sanders is my guy for the most impressive player. Like he might not be that. I think yours is obviously the most important, but I think JT Sanders will be that guy. This what do you think year. his stat line is for this season? It's hard to predict tight ends. I mean, he could be an over 800 receiving yard guy. Like, what, be, like 60 catches type Yeah, thing? I mean, yeah. that would be awesome if he could hit that, and that's also awesome for his draft stock. Um, mm-hmm. Sleeper player of the year. Who's your, not talking about that much. Ooh. You go first. Let me think about this. Oh, dude, you can't you go first. <laughs> um, this is a good one. My guy I've got, I've got some thoughts. My guy's definitely going to be... Um, I, th- I think it's Ethan Burke for me. I mean, he, he's getting really? he's getting press, obviously, but there's not there are very few guys on the team where there's an obvious just you're taking over for over Yugofu, who was the guy there last year, where you know you have the job, go you're talented, you're a high pick, go yeah. get it, and yeah. uh, you know Sarkeesian's raved a lot about him, so I think he's gonna be that guy for me. I'm gonna say just because there isn't a lot of noise about him. Uh, I would say Gavin Holmes, but also the expectation is that he should be a starter. Mm-hmm. I would say Gavin Holmes, but. To be, he should be solid. He should be. I think he should be better than solid. Okay. Um, I would want to say Kevin Holmes. I'm going to say Jaden Blue. Okay. I'm going to say Jaden Blue. I like Blue. that. Yeah. I think I think this combination of Brooks, Blue, Jaden, uh, Brooks, Blue, Baxter. Savion Red, and Cedric Baxter has a chance to do something really incredible this yeah, year. Yeah, and they're not even mentioning Keelan, who's Keelan, always going to yeah. be there in the kind of gadget plays. His um, rap music, as he's Yeah, saying. exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> give me a backup who, I mean, you did say Jaden Blue is technically a backup right now, but give me, give me a guy who is a, a backup right now on the depth chart who you think is going to make a big impact. Justice Finkley. Yeah. Justice Finkley. I like that. Yeah. I, I said the edge. I said the edge rusher was Burke, and then yeah. kind of his, his compadre. Finkley, that's a good pick. He's a talented guy. Just he's got to he's got to put it all together. Yeah, I think, but he did put on some muscle. Mm-hmm. He did. That get, was huge. He did get a lot of time this year, and he's got a full. Uh, he's had a full off season to yes. get ready. I'm gonna say Justice Finkley, a guy that you're probably gonna be very surprised. I say, um, I've already talked about one tight end. I think Gunnar Helm is gonna have a very surprisingly good year. If you guys should see my face right now, hear me out. Hear me out hear <laughs> okay, me out. go go. We lost our we lost our rushing game inside the red zone. I think it's not going to be as big of a thing right. as we no had. No Roshan Johnson. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, we're going to run two tight end sets. Sarkeesian has already said that he feels good with rocking any personnel from two running back, two tight end, no tight end, no running, anything like that. And obviously Whittington's right now the, the target, J.G. Sanders. But Sarkeesian has said Gunnar Helms had a really good camp. He's a guy that, you know, just quietly gets a little bit better every year. Mm-hmm. And he's going to take over for JT next year. Mm-hmm. I really think he's going to be a guy that, not going to have a lot of receiving yards, but he could put up six, seven touchdowns of the year. And Really? And that's, you know, if he, could do, if he can do that, it's, that's obviously a stretch. He is the backup tight end. But if he's getting that, 
then how important will that be for the team? I think he's going to have some clutch plays for the team this year. I mean, that's the difference between— And he's a blocker as well, which, which will put him out there. But he's always been known as a good blocker. Mm, that's yeah. always been his thing. I mean, if he has six touchdowns, that's what separates this team from 30 passing touchdowns to 40 passing touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. So I think Gunner I think Helm, he, really I think he's gonna surprise people. I, that surprised I, me. I, yeah. I told you it was gonna surprise yeah. you. It, it really will. Um, give wow. me wow. Give me a, a position group you're a little bit scared for coming to the year. Quarterback. Really? At the end, I actually of the, didn't think you were gonna say that. I didn't. I quarterback. Okay. Yeah. I trust the guy. I love the guy, but at the end of the day, it comes down to what he does. So my quarterback room is the scariest. Obviously, leading on to you, you know, knock on wood. You don't want anything to happen, but I just I want him there all season. I don't want to ever have to put in Malik Murphy unless it's for a gadget play, and I don't want to have to put Arch Manning in one of these intense situations as a freshman. Yeah, very fair. That's um, I, yeah, I said that's what I didn't think you'd say. I I'm gonna go for like the the easy answer. The the linebacker core outside of four does scare me. Okay. I think as much as we want to like the guys who are coming out there, it's, you know, Gabena's been there for five years, has 60 total tackles. Yeah. Maurice Blackwell's been a special teams guy. Anthony Hill's a freshman. I know he's great. He's a freshman, and he hasn't won the spot. If he if Sark came out and said, Anthony Hill will be our second linebacker, I'd be like, oh, we're going we're gonna to get it. Yeah. But that second position does scare me a tiny bit. I think there's... There's definitely a little bit of uh, of concern with that, but um, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be fine. But it does concern me a little bit. At least it's not our safeties anymore. Yeah, I mean they're finally a group of seniors who can just we needed that. play. Yeah, um, and then you know my last question I had up, and you can have you can add one as well if you'd like. But give me a coach you think is gonna have a lot of importance this year. Okay, uh, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Chris Jones. I, it's Chris, right? Jones, wait, I'm trying to... Is it, Chris, is it Chris? Are we talking about the, the wide receiver yeah, coach? Yeah, wide receiver Jackson. Coach. Chris Jackson. Ah! Dude, I, he's new. He's I've new. been going off the dome all day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's how like, you've actually been... And this is only my second mistake, yeah. Chris Jackson, because uh, I was reading the notes that you had, that uh, we had talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Chris Jackson is in the is not going to be on the field this year. Chris Jackson is he's not going to be up in the booth. Yeah, he's up in the booth. I think the thing that we struggled with last year, because I'm assuming the expectation of Sark is still going to be the play caller. Yes, yes, I still so. don't love that. I don't love when a head coach does both. Never been a fan of that. Never will be a fan of that. But it is his offense. I get it. But having an NFL coach that was able to transform the Jacksonville Jaguars into what they are today, into who they were last season, mm-hmm. into like Kirk. saving Trevor Lawrence's career post Urban <laughs> Meyer, I think that having that expectation and Chris Jackson to tell Sark, here's what I see, and I'm seeing it from a very talented – I'm coming off a very good season – but I chose to leave a good job because I believe in a program. I think he's going to be able to help us see the field in a way that we can. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I think he's he's the most wild card part of that staff. Yeah. You, you just don't yeah. know. But um, I'll go for one that we've seen a little bit of. I think a guy who kind of similar to what happened last year with um, – I can't believe I'm blanking our last wide receiver coach. But um, I think our running back coach, the shard choice, is yeah. he's going to show people why he was so respected in Austin and why – you know, you can always – there's always a thing where, you know, you're coaching of these great players. You have B. John Robinson, the best in the country, and it's like, well, how much is the coach doing? Same with the Brady-Belichick thing. I think we're going to see without Bijan just how good of a coach he can be. Having to juggle five or six guys, all with very different skill sets, you know, a guy who's a gadget player, a guy who was a wide receiver, a freshman, some, you know, sophomores. 
I just I think Tashar Choice is going to have a great rushing team. Maybe not. Maybe we're not going to see the one guy, but he's going to. He might get pushed beyond offensive coordinator after this year because of that. And I'm I'm really excited to see what he does with the team. We both want skill positions. They're I, the most fun. I agree. And also, just I, as a recruiter as well. Yes, that's he, huge. he's a he's a up there as you know with the with the Kyle Flood guys. Mm-hmm. As recruiters, they are so talented. Uh, one more note as well. I don't have any other ones. They're actually fire questions. Um, really good questions. Scriptwriter. Yeah, he's a scriptwriter <laughs> guy. Um, how many five stars do you think we're going to finish with? Oh, God. Uh, see, that's hard because I'm going to have to look at our uh, <laughs> text 24-7. All I'm saying is that Dominic McKinley is set to announce on Friday. He's a He is a big one. He's yes. set to announce on Friday who he's committing to. And I said it uh, on the 512, which, you know, no one here listened to because no one knew about it until today. Um, I think that Texas is going to add about three three to four more five stars. Well, we have, a locked in, we have a locked-in one with Colin Simons, right. which is huge. Uh, McKinley is supposed – I think he's supposed to. I think we're going to add about four more – I'm saying four more five stars in this class. I think Texas is going to finish with the top three class for the third consecutive year. Uh, that would be just – I mean, how huge is that? I, I can really see it being four more – as well, because I mean, you look at right now, the the offers we have out are McKinley, Kobe Black, Brandon Baker, mm-hmm. Micah Hudson, Terry Bussey, and Ryan Wingo. I think Micah Hudson's coming here. I'm really getting confident about him. I'm not. Really? I love that you're saying that because I've not felt good about Hudson in a while. I think I know he's really highly gone to Tech. I just I really don't see why. Yeah. And maybe that's just something where it's it's a personal thing. But I think we can pull him. McKinley and Kobe Black, who apparently, from what, what I heard from my roommates. Kobe's who, locked in. Yeah, Kobe's locked yeah, in. Yeah, he's Texas. locked in. Yeah. Our, my roommates, Juan and Ben, are good friends. They know all the recruiting stuff. So um, that's, a, that's true. You're you're very much like breakdown game analysis. They're like the recruiting guys. They are big recruiting um, guys. But, yeah, and I think I think right there, Ryan Wingo is apparently still on us, even though Missouri's really high on him. I think we can get that. That's four more dudes. That's five five stars. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. I think it's a minimum three. Just based on total numbers, like just we yeah. have one and we're, yeah. we're in on six, six or seven more. There is two five stars that are going to be at Saturday's game, and uh, three guys that are committed to other schools that will be taking unofficial visits to Texas. Really, on well, Saturday, that's important. and that's against Rice. Yeah, the the nation, they're looking. It's loud. It's they're loud. Looking. The lights have never been brighter. They're bright. They're bright. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I think. I think, think we're, we're done. I think we're good. A little bit longer than what we've been saying. I think we, 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 I will tell you guys, for these upcoming few weeks, we're going to do our very best to have these at around the 40-minute mark. Right. And, you know, this is because we have to preview the season. And, and we're excited. This was good. This was fun. This was, this was actually good. a great episode. We were in-depth, yeah. professional. For the most part, yeah. yeah. Better than normal. You, you did say some words about Texas Tech. I'll say it again. <laughs> that rant, that rant, I, I, that's where I wish we were a little more famous because I feel like that rant right there would have been something that like would be all over Twitter if Texas Tech fans saw that. I'll have Adi clip it. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm in. I'm excited. You guys don't know how happy this recording has made me because we just haven't been doing it over the summer as much because, you know, just I've been away. He's been working. It's been a lot of stuff. And it's been a lot so of stuff. so glad to be back. It's been a lot of stuff. Thank you guys for if you've gotten this far listening on and. It's going to be a great year for the 40, and we're just excited to go through, you know, J.C.'s final ride, the last dance for J.C. Last dance, baby. Senior at the University of Texas. Can't wait. <sighs> Leaving, started here 5-7. and Going to leave here like 12-13-1. Feels good, man. Feels good. Feels good. Like Evan said, we're excited to be back, guys. We're excited to be working. 
uh, with Papios and with other other team members and content creators throughout the year. We're excited to be trying to make an effort to bring on more people, to make more comprehensive breakdowns, to only not only hone in on our skills as like orators, but as game by game analysis mm-hmm. and breakdown. We're excited to improve in all aspects of what we've done. We've changed a lot of who we are in terms of what we think we know and what we do know now. I feel very good about this. I feel very good about this program. Yep. And like, like G, G dang it, it's good to be home, man. <laughs> it's it's good to be on the 40. It's it's great. I'm so happy it's, to be back. It's good to be on the 40. 40 yard line. There's no place like home. No place like home. JC, I'll talk to y'all next week signing off. And I have nothing else to say, and I feel bad that I don't, but I'll be signing off as well. Thank you guys so much. It's been Evan. It's been JC. Have a good day.